1: Oh, what a world, what a life, what a day. Saturday, May twenty, two thousand twenty-three. 2023. I like podcasts and podcasting. We are up to episode 149, and it is a doozy. Susie Wargen, she has her own podcast, Cut, Traded, Fired, Retired. She talks with pro athletes about the ends of their career and how... Well, it's not just the end, it's the beginning, the glory days, and then the end, and then what comes after. And usually it's heartwarming, full of great lessons, famous Colorado sports people. I think she's found quite a groove there. She's also been part of FM radio for a long time, 103.5 Rocks the Rockies. she's still there. Her main gig now, real estate. She's very successful, and you will find out why. She's a wonderful mother as well. Can't wait for you to hear from Susie Wardgen. I really am interested in the fallout from the CNN town hall with Donald Trump. I thought it was atrocious. I talked about it last show, and the repercussions keep falling. Keith Oberman does a great podcast, also on iHeart. That's where Susie Wardgen is. I like to get my podcast on Apple, but I recommend Keith Oberman because he worked with this CNN guy, Chris Licht, who made the fateful decision to treat Donald Trump like a normal guy, which he is not. He's a sociopath. He's a bad guy. And I'm dedicated to defeating MAGA and the people who support MAGA. Right now, that means the Republicans. God forbid that Trump takes over in 2024. What will happen? I think there will be far fewer podcasts. What are we going to do? Keep hitting our head against the wall? Let's not let it get that far. My show dedicated to fighting MAGA and Trumpism, but at the same time, trying to enjoy life and appreciate that it doesn't all have to be about politics and the struggle of Ukraine to repel this Russian invasion. What great news this week that Zelensky is being welcomed to the G7. Thank you, Joe Biden. He's going to get the jets, the fighter F-16s to defeat Russia. God willing, let that be our Sabbath prayer. Troubadour Dave Gunders is experiencing a remarkable blessing with the wedding of his daughter, Sarah out of the country this weekend, but we bring to you three great songs by our troubadour in honor of the blessed occasion. After a break from our great sponsor, Michael Bailey, give a listen to Susie Ward, and I think you will find out why she is one of the best spokespeople in town. You see her on her televisions for countless products. She's on your radio. She's on your Bronco coverage. She's got energy enthusiasm And a whole lot of smarts. Susie Ward, and after this break, enjoy. llc.com
0: now back to the Fred silverman show
1: hey being a lawyer is a matter of judgment you have to know the law the facts but good judgment is essential if you don't understand how donald trump is culpable for the crimes committed in his name then I question your judgment. I have the good judgment to question Donald Trump. If you want a lawyer like that, instead of a knucklehead who believes in the MAGA propaganda, call Craig, 303-734-7156, 303-734-7156. I am Craig, Craig Silverman, a voice for victims. My goodness, what a Friday night pleasure to speak with Susie Wardgen. She's a friend. I know her in a variety of ways, but mainly I know her the way most people in Colorado do. She's on our televisions. She's on our radio. She's got a lot of energy. She's part of the Denver Broncos radio team at KOA. She hosts a midday show. She's in Real Estate Hall of Fames. Friend, Susie Warton, I am so thrilled that you are doing my podcast because I left out the biggest and best part. You have a great podcast. We will get to that. I think it's my second favorite now.
3: Oh, second favorite, Craig. Thank you. What an introduction too. You didn't even look at your notes. You just reeled that off.
1: I'm an old radio guy. I know you are. (laughs) Yes. And a lawyer. And I know you all. Yes, you do. And I've been studying you all day. I've been binging your podcast. Oh, good. Way to go. I
3: love it. Thank you for the downloads. (laughs) Isn't that a great medium? I mean, how does it work? It's cool. It's cool. I love it. Yeah. Cut, Traded, Fired, Retired is the name of my podcast. And it's a lot of fun. Sit down with um, professional athletes and coaches and we talk about their experiences of being cut, traded, fired, retired. Fun, funny story. When I was coming up with the idea and actually i kind of stole the idea um i don't know if you want to talk about this right now is that okay if we yeah, talk about it from the go? okay Please. very good i was listening to the fan when uh DMACC was on in the afternoons with tyler Columbus. now the you know radio changes constantly so tyler's not on there anymore so it was a year a year or so ago over a year ago and i heard tyler telling a story about when he was cut and DMAC says and i used to work with DMAC at, at um kbpi he and i are old old friends Can i raised my hand yes D. mac and I used to work together. Oh, you guys have a relationship as well. I remember that. Yeah. And in
1: Westward, he gave me credit. He said, You won't believe it, but this guy, Craig Silverman, helped influence my radio career. He was great talking about politics, and he will be a guest on my podcast. But right now, it's Susie (laughs) Wharton on a special sports week. Back to your story. And Tyler Columbus, great. Cherry Creek kid. Yes. See you. See you. Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm.
3: He hit them all. Yes. Yeah. So he's telling a story about getting cut from Washington, and DMAC exclaims, That would be a great book, How I Got Cut. And I can literally, Craig, remember I'm driving on I 25, getting, or 225, getting off on Mississippi, and I was like, oh, There's my podcast, Cut. And I was like, Well, not everybody gets cut. How about cut and traded? So I went to my bosses at iHeart, and I said, okay, I've got this great podcast idea. I'm going to talk to guys about getting cut or traded. And our, our PD at the time, he's like, well, he goes, you know, if you added fired in there, you could include coaches. Because coaches don't get cut or traded. And I was like, ooh, yeah, if they'll talk to me. I lost
1: are John Payton. <laughs> <Right. Yes. laughs>
3: then they get traded. Yes. <laughs> Good point, yeah. And so I was at the Colorado Sports Hall of Fame in April of 2022 and I'm talking to Carl Mecklenburg who's in the hall of fame and I said hey Carl I want you to be a guest on my podcast cut traded fired and he goes I haven't done any of those things I was like oh he goes but I'm retired I said okay I shall add retired to the podcast title so that's why it's kind of a lengthy title but it it, it encompasses everything that can happen Perfect. to an athlete or it's a coach all, no matter the sport and it's all traumatic it's very traumatic very traumatic and it's it's interesting because A lot of the guys, you know, while it sucks when it happens, they figure out how to move forward. And we all have those episodes in life where something crappy happens to you. How do you move forward? How do you and and we put these people up on pedestals, you know, nothing can happen. to them. they're Mm -hmm. making millions of dollars. They're fine. Well, money doesn't solve all of that. That doesn't solve the emotions of somebody saying and I've had so many guys say this. It was the first time somebody told me I wasn't good enough. And nobody wants to hear that. You have
1: such a fast-paced podcast, and you do go through people's glory days, but frankly, like your Dan Issel episode, I would have liked to have heard more about the Western Finals. I had a girlfriend out in LA. I went to Game 2. Did you? When Issel and Shays? Kareem and Magic, yeah. and I was there in the fabulous Forum with my then girlfriend. Oh I my thought gosh! This and I and I went to a club, and the Nuggets were there. Anyway, <laughs> wow. but you, you can't do all that. No, you, you it's do tough. a little, and then you. But it's not. I mean, people talk about the uh, trauma they felt, but they're usually well beyond it. And I mean, my God, Dan Issel, Rick Upchurch. Rich Carlos, that was like your third episode. What a great story that is. Probably because, you know, his career, adult career, is kind of the
3: same time I started. And that's what I'm finding too, Craig, is a lot of people reach out and say, you know what? this was the time that I was, I was watching all of these guys or I was kind of, you know, paralleling. And then when Rich was out, I was also working at the U.S. West Building and I'd see him in the elevator and I'm like, whoa, oh, it's Rich Carlos. And, you know, that's when the guys had regular jobs after they got done because they didn't make the millions of dollars. So they had to go get another job. Or the Steve Watson one Steve talks about, he sold cars in a summer in between seasons because they weren't making any money and they had to have a second job. To think about a professional athlete having a second job is mind-blowing to most people and especially in today's age so i think it's also Uh good to provide the history and the backbone of some of our teams this was how this this was built rick upchurch a great example of these are the guys that like took the hits that aren't allowed now you loved them but now they're also kind of suffering you know and and not a it's not all roses and everything else in 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 their later life because i got a couple
1: of pillars for you okay i played golf with them the other day (gasps) yes
3: okay i need contacts
1: Oh, Because I'm not afraid you. to reach
3: out. If I got a yes. contact, I'll reach out.
1: Oh, I know you will. And I've, I've and got the love thing, these Craig. Guys. I've
3: gotten yeses, almost, except for everybody but Peyton Manning. And and I understand Peyton. He's like, if I do yours, I got to do everybody. I no, said, no, but, I get but you, you'll get them. At some point, I will. You will. And Elway, I'm still chasing Elway. He's nice. Te- he's you know, texted, once he's I needed an back.
1: affidavit from John Elway, <laughs> I don't know the guy. Once I shook his hand, <laughs> I shook his hand uh, when the USFL... Uh, he was an owner, and I was at the radio station. We got invited to a lunch. We talked a little bit, but he had an assistant. I can't remember her name. Kathy. But his dad always had a drink or two after Broncos practice at a place on Arapaho called Susie Woo's. And Susie Woo got in a car wreck herself. She got rear-ended, and uh, her whole restaurant kind of went to hell. It's not there anymore.
3: Oh, my gosh.
1: And so we had to make the argument that, hey, this cost her a lot. And yeah. they said, well, it was a crappy restaurant. Nobody went there. We got an affidavit from John Elway saying then his dad, his dad, dad loves <gasps> Susie
3: Woos. Went there all the time. Never missed you're it. You're so good, Craig. No, no. That- okay, tell me no, who, no, who your keep... person is. Who's your person? Who are you going to tell me afterwards? Oh, well, I. Can you I, name well, drop who you played sure. golf with? Well, I mean,
1: Stevie busick has been a guest on the show. He played at USC and for the Broncos, number 58, maybe before your time. Ronnie Lott was his teammate. He won a couple of Rose Bowls, played for the Broncos with Bob Swenson and Tom Jackson. Maybe you heard of these guys? I've heard of those guys, absolutely. All right, all right, who was part of that crew. Gratishar, maybe you heard of him. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, Stevie Busick USC, and Rod Bernstein. Oh, yeah. Rod Bernstein, tremendous, running back with San Diego mm-hmm. and in college town in Texas. I mean, he's he's the real deal. and yeah. he's a Colorado guy. I will he take might be a little, little more have. shy. And, That's uh, okay.
3: I'm able to, even like Gary Kubiak, who doesn't talk a lot, I got him to talk for 35 minutes. We got done and he said, I've never talked to anybody for 35 minutes. <laughs> well, I got to get you to talk and talk to me about where did you grow up? Yeah. Um, grew up in Broomfield. I'm a fourth generation Colorado native. Oh, just like me. Fourth generation. Fourth as well. Yes. Ooh, nice.
1: Which now, makes our children fifth. I love or that. Or was it always Broomfield area? What brought- uh, For me,
3: it was Broomfield, but my, um, so the Wardgen side, um, my like great, great grandfathers came over. I mean, they were trained guys. So they lived in Globeville. So Globeville is where my grandpa Wardgen grew up and they were railroad guys. They worked on the railroad. What, then- what kind of a name is Fortune? Polish, and yeah. Really? Yeah, Wurzynski. We all think that it was at some point Wurzynski and got cut down, yeah. But then my grandma, Wurzyn, she was German. Mabel was German. So we kind of have, you know, a little bit of that. My mom was adopted, but she did eventually find her... um She've, in fact, Paula Woodward did a story on my mom in the 80s because she was trying to find her birth parents, and it was right when some records were starting to be opened up. So my mom was in Paula's story, which was so funny because it's so, you know, foreshadowing of the future of me working at Nine News, which is really wild. But there's like this this shot of my mom walking up the steps to the, whatever building it was that she was going to find um, documents. But her mom was Irish, and then her dad was Jewish. So Really? Yeah. I actually have some heritage And one of my there. best
1: college basketball buddies and then law buddies and now he's chief judge of the 10th circuit court of appeals and a frequent podcast guest tim timkovich from broomfield colorado did you ever hear about timkovich's uh broomfield? yeah the
3: Timkoviches were pretty huge really you know yes tim. that's my there was like tim um ty i think has a brother ty yeah there were like a bunch of t's yeah. Right. Oh, how yes. funny. Yes. So the Broomfield community is pretty small. It was either you were either Catholic or Mormon. So everybody had lots of kids. And um, there were just that's, you know, we just had lo- I mean, only it was just my brother and I in our family. But I feel like everybody else had four or and five And the Timkavich
1: family is Ukrainian. Oh, and they he, are. Yes. So it goes back there. So, oh, interesting. And Irv Brown, of course, settled down in Broomfield. But just like uh, the Timkavich family started in North Denver, Mm-hmm. Irv Brown grew up in North Denver, West yes. Denver, coached As did my by mom and my dad. dad, Oh, and my dad was Irv Brown's coach at the Hawks. And when my dad went to law school and he said, I need to study, somebody needs to take over my Red Shield coaching job, I've got the guy, he called Irv Brown. Irv said, I don't know how to coach. My dad said, you'll be a natural <laughs>
3: And yes, he was.
1: And so Irv oh, Brown's been another Broomfield connection Oh, very for much so. and yes. lived
3: down the street from my, when my, my folks got divorced when I was in high school, my mom uh, moved to Eagle Trace. And so every time I'd see Irv, he goes, I remember when your mom lived on Ironwood Place. And I'm like, how the hell do you know my mom's address? <laughs> he just knew. He just knew everything. Everything Irv did. It was crazy.
1: That yeah. new Broomfield Justice Center is right near Eagle mm-hmm. Trace College. It is. Course.
3: Yeah, it's very good.
1: That's so, one of my workplaces. We will say this about Susie. We have a few things in common, even though I'm older. What? what did you graduate Broomfield High School? Broomfield
3: High School, 88.
1: 88. That's yes. where Temco went. Uh, probably oh, in yeah. no, 75 is when he graduated.
3: Oh, okay, then he must have had some younger siblings. He had, he had
1: his sons who I think they went to that charter school there. Whatever. Oh, okay. All right. But yeah, the, that wasn't there when we were there. But okay. So now you had what? So set me up with the Broncos and and uh,
3: sports. How how did you? Oh, were you it. a sports to yourself? So. No, did not do sports. I tried playing basketball my freshman year of high school because I was like, I need to do a sport or something. I was horrible because my folks were, they had us when they were pretty young. My mom was 23. um, My dad was 24 at the time. So I think back then in the 70s, they just didn't get us into sports. They didn't think about putting my brother and I into stuff. So we didn't do organized sports growing up. So when I went to go play basketball, I had no idea what I was doing. I was so bad. I just, I had played, I grew up on a cul-de-sac Me, only girl, all guys. So I would play baseball, football, basketball with them, but it was like street ball. Like I didn't, so I love sports. Didn't know how to play it like a game like you would in high school. We just played street ball all the time and played on a on a diamond, you know, back in the, we called it the Dirt Hills. We would just, like, make it out of dirt, and we'd go out and play baseball back there, and we'd play football. And, I mean, every time, I'm the last one picked, but I showed up every time. It was just me and a bunch of dudes, and that's how I grew up. No, I don't sports. want to get
1: too deep, but... <laughs> I'm not going to blow right by the fact that you said that your parents got divorced. Yeah. How old were you when that happened?
3: Uh, 15 when they separated, 16 when they got divorced. So sophomore, junior years.
1: Yeah. That Was that rough? That's sort you of know, been like a cut fire. It kind moment. of is.
3: Yeah. You know what? Um, It was because we were surprised. My brother they sat us down at the table and they never fought, never anything. But they just, they got married very young. My dad um served in the Marines. He went in the Marines right out of high school. My mom, uh, you know, was 21 and her mom was saying, you're an old maid, you need to get married. She worked with my Aunt Kathy at, um, I think at Sunstrand was where they worked. And my Aunt Kathy said, hey, I've got this brother-in-law who's coming back from the Marines, you know. So they just start writing each other while my dad's finishing up the Marines. He's in Okinawa being an air traffic controller. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so they write and write and write. My dad comes out in June They're married by Labor Day and starting a family two years later. So, and and we lived, they lived the first two years um, off of, like, The Turnpike in Pecos. So they lived in a house there. And then, no way. Yeah. My dad worked in the manor building in 72nd of Pecos. Wow.
1: That's where I grew up. The Valley Inn? Yes. On Pecos? Yes. Yes. We used to go swimming there in the 60s for me.
3: Well, um, yeah. My dad went to Westminster High School. So that's where he graduated from in 64 because he grew up in a house that was right at about, um, probably just down from Rocky's Auto, which is still there, but not in functioning, um, on Federal Boulevard. My grandpa had a gas station right there at like 62nd Well, that Federal. area is called Perlmack. Yes, okay. that's exactly where you're Do you, you know up. where that name comes from? I don't. I know there was a huge gravel pit back there. No, when... there's a guy named
1: Jordan Perlmutter who went and do business with his cousin, Sam Primack, and they needed a lawyer to help consummate their deal, and they were partners. They named it Perlmac. They had a third cousin, Bill Morrison, involved. They built the town of Promac, then North Glen, then South Glen, then Montbello, North Glen Mall, Southwest Plaza Mall. Oh, It's now JP Plaza downtown after Jordan Perlmutter. Eventually, the cousins had a parting of the ways. My dad went with Jordan Perlmutter, and he was his lawyer for 45 years. No kidding. And they worked... When I was a boy at the manor building at 72nd and Pecos, that Yorkshire fish and chips? Yeah. Yes. And I've had litigation at that supermarket that was called the Bonds at some point. My brother worked there for years and my sister-in-law small freaking world it is. back
3: well, to you federal was like i mean that was like we were on federal all the time there was that place called uh manders there there was an italian place called manders there was the chicken place that had the train that went around up at the top right there at the turnpike and federal and yeah we were over uh, the there a lot stick? the or, drumstick yeah Dem- yes! yeah denver drums the drumstick right oh my gosh craig yes and God, they, yes, they have we that office building
1: had. uh and i worked construction there one summer uh Small friggin' world, but that's kind of hard scrabble growing up. I mean, it's not luxury. Although Pearl Mag houses were good. I don't know if you had one.
3: No, 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 no. Yeah, no. And then we well, we moved to uh, to Miramonte in um. And I my mom told me the other day actually who was the builder of um. It started with an M, and I can't think of who it is. Uh, but they were a big builder in Broomfield, so that's where we moved in '72. Okay. Now you're moving on up. And Broomfield is pretty darn nice. It is nice. I mean, we were small. It was always very small growing up. It was nice to grow up in a smaller town. We had 200 and still have 240 in our graduating class. So we had a a decent class. I mean, now there's more high schools and there's more going on there. But either you went to Broomfield or you went to, well, Nativity uh, Catholic was just through eighth grade. So if you went to Nativity, then you went to Broomfield High School.
1: So when did you start putting on a show? (laughs)
3: i don't know you know it's funny craig um and i don't tell this story very often when i was in eighth grade um i took a rafting trip and it was like a school organized rafting trip and i was pretty um not as outgoing you know just kind of reserved i think growing up a little bit um I mean, I I did, so I would play with the guys. I had a mouth on me, which I know that'll surprise you because you've heard that a couple of times, but that started way early on. I remember in third grade one time, we'll backtrack even more. Um, it was recess and I went out to go play football with the guys and they wouldn't let me play. And I told them every single word that I knew and like stormed off and they were all just like, oh my God, I can't believe she just said that to us. And then I got to play with them afterwards. I was like, well, if I can't, you know, at least I can like keep up with you verbally. So I'll go ahead and just do that. So that was third grade. But eighth grade, I go on this rafting trip and, um, it was up on the Yampa River. We went through Dinosaur National Park and there were these two twins on the trip that were just kind of the bully twins and they, you know, popular, no girls. girls, girls. Yeah. And, um, and they, I was very intimidated by them and I was chosen to captain cause they would kind of, you know, every other rapid, you know, somebody else would captain. And I got chosen to captain through one of the toughest rapids on the Yampa and, I was like, oh my God, okay, I don't know if I can do this. But I captained us through and it was a, I mean, it's weird. I I haven't thought about it in a long time, but it was a life-changing moment for me because they were on the boat with me and I made made all the decisions and I'm telling them what to do. I'm like, you know, do the, I can't remember all the commands at this point, but we got through it and it was like, everyone was like, oh my God, I can't believe that we got through it. And I was like, I can't believe I was able to like bark out commands at these girls that have always intimidated me. And it worked and I came back absolutely changed. I mean, I remember I still have my journals from that because we had to journal every night, you know what we did each night and it was a uh, it was a huge, huge turning point for me to where I was like, okay, you know what I, I gained confidence in eighth grade that I, I never knew I had. And so then going through high school when I couldn't make the basketball team when they were like, yeah, you, you kind of suck. And well,
1: let's talk about your size because everybody sees you now. You're in remarkably good shape. What are you, about 5'8"? Five, five, no, 5'4". Five, 5'4", four. Five, four. <laughs> okay. <you> though.
3: <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not, yeah, I'm kind of right, tiny. So, yeah, as far as I that mean, goes. But.
1: And that's probably why you felt so accomplished leading those bullies down <laughs> the amp, right? Because <laughs> yeah. were you slight then?
3: Uh, no. And that's the thing is I was never in the popular group. I was always a little bit heavier. You know, I was just kind of like one of those, you know, middle of the road kind of kids. I can't didn't do imagine you
1: ever being heavy.
3: Yeah, no, I, I mean, I was a little, always a little kind of a little chubby. So huh. I, I changed in my adult life. I got active and did stuff in my adult life. So I've changed in adult life, that's for sure. But um, when I couldn't make basketball, one of the football coaches, Larry Allen, who actually he was a coach at Broomfield High, he got fired from there, and then um, Tom Baldwin and um, and Mr. Allen took over and were co-coaches, our AD and, and the biology teacher. And Larry went up and actually coached up at uh, Idaho Springs for a long time with the the Gold Diggers, that football field you see along I-70. But he suggested to me, he said, you ever thought about being a trainer? Is the
1: girls' team named Gold
3: Diggers too? I don't know. That would be a good question, All right. All right. Anyway. <laughs> But he said, have you ever thought about being an athletic trainer? And I was like, I have no idea what that is. And he said, well, you would, you know, tape ankles and tape wrists Mm -hmm. and just kind of be there for football practice. And I was like, no, but you know, I'd be happy to, to try. And he said, why don't you try it out with the track team? So freshman year, spring, I I start being an athletic trainer for the track team. So I learned how to do shin splints and, you know, help all the track athletes. And then when football season came around, I was a trainer for them. So then I was I was a trainer for football, basketball, and track the next three years of my high school career. So I hung out with guys all day. For, you know, basketball and, and football and then, you know, track, it was it was boys and girls took classes from Steve Ananopoulos. And so my goal then was I want to be the first female athletic trainer in nice. the NFL because I was like, this is awesome. I loved it. So I was going to do. But then I also loved music and I listened to KBPI every night. Steve Cooper was my idol. So I wanted to be a DJ from a very young age. And then I was like, but if that doesn't work out, I'm going to go into sports medicine and, and be an athletic trainer. So I took the DJ route, um, went to CSU for speech communications, and and just stayed that route. There was at one point I was going to change to be in communication disorders. And I'm like, no, I'll stay here, do this. And I I got an internship my junior year of college with KTCL. Um, and I just stayed there for two years and worked for them for free. They just let me keep coming back and writing public service announcements and putting yeah, up tents. KTCL is uh, public radio? Or? No, FM 93.3. Oh, okay. Yeah, and at that Shows time they were in Fort Collins. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, but now they've moved down, you know, they got swallowed up by, they got bought by Tsunami, which was owned at that time by j So it was j way of getting around the law of how many stations you can so own. So what year are we talking about now? 92. 92? 92, yeah. Okay. And then in 94... I think was when U.S. media sold a tsunami. Um, And then I kind of had an end to the J-Core stations, which were all down in Denver. And at that time, so it would have been 95, KBPI made the switch because that was an alternative music was coming out. So it was Nirvana, Pearl Jam, you know, and and KBPI was still playing all the hair bands, Poison and Guns N' Roses. So they're like, we got to, Bob Richards was the PD at that time. He said, we got to do something different. So they became the new music revolution. They got rid of the iconic Rocks the Rockies, And it became the new music revolution, and people freaked out, but that's what they thought they had to do. And they were competing with another FM called 92X. And so at that time, I was out of college. I'm working at POTS, I'm waiting tables. I mean, that's how I made my money. CBM POTS. CBM POTS. And it
1: says predispensaries. You got to clear that up when you say that. Oh, yes, I'm sorry, CBM (laughs) POTS.
3: I didn't even think about yes. that, Craig. And uh, and I was working at KTCL doing weekend overnights, filling in, doing promotions, whatever I could to you know make my five twenty five an hour. And because where was radio there, uh, Jack Crab. Where was the workplace then? Fort Collins, still. Yeah. So For, KTCL was okay. still in Fort Collins. Okay, so we're yeah we're still up there in Fort Collins. And then when KBPI made the switch, um, they moved my idol Steve Cooper, who was doing middays, over to the Fox because classic rock is where DJs go to die. That's why I'm currently there now. <laughs> Middays, is that part of Mid-days. it too? yeah, exactly. That's where old, old rock DJs go I don't to, want to I don't want to
1: bypass <laughs> Steve Cooper. No, no, it's not, okay. Okay, you, who is his, this guy? Steve Does your Cooper. husband know
3: about Iconic. him? Iconic. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, and Steve has passed away, sadly, so, and I, I was able to speak at his eulogy a few years ago, which was really cool. Did you tell him you loved him and oh, all that? What so, was it you loved about this guy? You know, he did nights when I was growing up, and so he was like my company at night, you know, because I have my little boombox, I would record, he would do the top eight at eight every night. So he played the top eight songs of the day at eight o'clock every night. I would record it, I would play it back, and I would pretend I was him. Like, I'm doing it. So that was how into being a DJ I was, Craig. I mean, it was kind of, I was like, well, that's kind of creepy. <laughs> but, but there
1: are a lot of DJs. Is it because it had a strong signal, or you like the guy's pattern? It's oh, a good question. He I must loved, have loved something, his voice, or his... He was his, so
3: freaking cool. He,
1: did, that was the thing. He did he cool. make you
3: laugh? Oh, yeah. He was funny. He had bits and um, just did funny what stuff. What kind of bits? What did he do? He just had little funny, like, like, you know, just the ones you'd, like, play randomly. Like, I can't remember any of the specific ones, but, like, his opening... When Steve Cooper would come on at night, it would be the, uh, you know, it's it's time for the star of the show, the amazing Mr. Please Please Himself, the star of the show, Mr. Steve Cooper, you know, and so you just knew it was his show, and he was just so cool to listen to, and I love the music, so I've always been a rock chick, so the music was awesome. He was, like, just the best. He was just that guy that kept you company. How old of a guy, do you think, when you were growing up, how old did you think oh, he was? Oh, let's see. Well, so I listened to him all through probably middle school and high school. And at that time, KBPI, I mean, they flipped, you know, they were 105.9. So he was at the 105.9 KBPI. Then they went to 106.7 when Alice came in and they did the flipping of the of the FM station. So I was always on 106.7, but... um. I want to say Steve's probably about 10 years older than me, so maybe he was he was probably just in his late 20s, early 30s at that time, I would guess. And was it just a professional respect, yeah. or did you know what he looked like? Oh, I had no idea. No idea what he looked like. Never met him, never went to like a remote or anything like that. He was just this guy, you know, on my speakers, in my head, that was the coolest so thing So when in the world, did you meet him. him, and what, what <laughs> happened? First time I met him? Yes. Was when I took his job at KBPI. Oh, okay. oh. <laughs> <laughs> but he had moved over. I didn't actually take his job. It was open because they had moved him over to the Fox. So when that opening came up, I I tried out for the job. I, I had only done, you know, my weekend overnights at KTC. So I had a jack crap tape, Craig. Like I look back and I'm like, I don't even know how they hired me. You know, you're just, you're new. And I said my name. I said the time. I said the weather and every break, like all the crutches that you have <laughs> as, a, yeah, as a DJ. But the The program director, um, and and this is kind of a funny story. So I sent a tape down to Bob Richards. I'm still up in Fort Collins. Bob Richards is the program director, and uh, and you know my husband Mike, and Mike at that time is my boyfriend. And so we go out, we're um, going to we are CB and Potts having a drink and, and he's like, So have you heard anything from the guy at KBPI? And I was like, No, nothing. And he goes, Well, did you call to see if like he got your tape? And I'm like, No, I'm not gonna call him. I'm like, he's in Denver. It's like he's big deal. I'm just in Fort Collins, I'm a nobody. And he's like, What the F is the problem in just giving him a call and seeing if he got your tape. And I was like, Well, okay, fine. So I call Bob and I'm like, Hey, it's Susie Ward and I work up at KTCL. You know, we're owned by kind of the same company and I sent you a tape. And he's like, Yeah, I didn't get it. I'm like, damn it, Mike was right. That mike was, Mike's was mike been right two times in our uh, relationship. <laughs> that was one of them. A good one. Yeah, it was a really good one. So I was like, well, shoot. Okay, so I got another tape together, sent it down with our program director because he was going down to Denver. So I was like, I'm not trusting the mail this time. I'm right. going to have it hand delivered. So Stu Haskell gives it to Bob. Bob calls me the next day and he said, why don't you come try out and do an overnight? Uh, went and did an overnight. And my dad, you know, rest his soul, bless his heart, my biggest fan, he, re- he stayed up and recorded. My overnight that I did um, on KBPI, put it on reel to reel. Nice. <laughs> my dad's, and that's my dad has a huge love of music. That's where my love of music comes in because he was, uh, I mean, albums galore would just make mixtapes like nobody's business. So that's my uh, my music love right there. But and then I, I got the job. Bob said, you know, do you want to do middays, ten to three, Monday through Friday? I got a contract for twenty five thousand dollars. Thought I hit the jackpot. That was my salary per year. What year is this now? This is 1995. Okay, and I would get bonuses for ratings. Yes, and like the first um, and libraries, extra. Money uh, for oh yeah, that. there were. Oh no, there were not endorsements on FM at that time. Only on the AMs. So we had. I mean, that was it.
2: <laughs> it was
1: okay. twenty
3: five grand a year, and then you got some bonuses for ratings. Uh-huh. The first quarter, um, the first book, I ended up being number one, and I got like a three hundred dollar bonus. And Mike and I went and bought a couch. I'm like, nice. oh yeah, we have hit the jackpot. You know, I'm, like, I'm like, insurance, 25K a year, here Anybody go. can
1: say, and you know what, with your tape, <laughs> it takes about five minutes of you talking here or meeting you in person. You've got enthusiasm, you've got energy, you've wow. got a great laugh, you are yeah. upbeat. Lee Larson, who was oh, my boss, love... your boss, he always said, your tail should be wagging. That's what the audience, because who wants to hear somebody who's pissed off? They this don't. guy you liked. They don't. He brought you up. He brought you into yeah. a fantasy world. It's interesting, though, That's that even, so true. even on the FM side, I, I mean, some hosts feel the need to say, I am the greatest, like a Rush Limbaugh. Mm-hmm. And this braggadocio, which is carried over into politics, and I guess it's part of FM radio, which I know very little about, but certainly with uh, the talk radio guys and maybe put a Bill O'Reilly in there. I mean, it's just... Ego and narcissism, which when I was growing up, it was like, you know, don't act that way in public. No, it was fun. It was all about being fun. I know. Yeah. Right. But somewhere it kind of tipped over. Yeah. Right?
3: Agreed. Yeah. No, but it's, and it's, and it's been fun. And I just, and to go to the Steve Cooper story, um, the first day when I like went in to go do the show um, You know, I, I take the middays, and he's just down the hall at the Fox. And so I, I went in and meet him, and I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, Mr. Cooper, you know, I said, I've listened to you my whole life. It what did he look like? Big. He's a big man. He was very big. Um, Three belts? Kind of, oh, probably not three, but probably a good two-something. Two he could play on the line? He could play on the line very okay. easily, <laughs> And just was, he could not have been kinder to me. Full head of hair? No, no. So like kind of balding up here, kind of slicked back and just, you know, but didn't look anything like what I had imagined he would look like. Nobody ever does in radio. Mm-hmm. They never look like they do. And so, but I was so nervous to meet him and he was so nice to me and just, I mean, unbelievable. And, and then we stayed, you know, I mean, we saw each other every day because we worked at the same time. Uh,
1: until you killed them. No. But, no. <laughs> <laughs> that is not Now, true. I know he passed away. No, told he did pass already. away. Yeah,
3: right. he and he was working up in Fort Collins at our Fort Collins stations at the time oh. and uh, and passed away, yeah, which was, the, and on that the was air? hard. No, not on the air, oh. no. Yeah, thank thank goodness. Right. But it was, you know, but, but it was very unexpected. But if you're going to put on his show, put on his show. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. and he was a showman.
1: So good. Just so good. I miss them. Although I didn't spend much time on FM, although have
3: you heard they're going to take AM potentially out of vehicles? But they're not. Even just this week, Craig, um, the the conglomerate of all the people, like we've been sending in emails and things like that, like iHeart's been on us to say, hey, can you please? So they've put now a directive the government has to say, hey, you know what? You need to to put it in back in there. So the government is making a very concerted effort right now as of just even a couple days ago. What did iHeart ask everybody to do they said here's a link if you want to uh you know send in your voice um and there was a follow-up just today that said like how many hundreds of thousands of people sent in a link or you know sent in something and said please hear us please hear us you can't get rid of am radio it's so vitally important you know and, and i read a lot about it just about the the farming communities and the places like that i mean our clear and people don't understand our clear channel stations like koa there's a certain amount of them that if our world goes to hell in a handbag how are you getting information get what if if your phone goes out do you even know how to get information most people don't am radio is the way you would get that and there's only so many stations that would keep broadcasting and have that Reception availability to do, and I, you know, if you want to get your there, they're saying Ford is saying, well, our electric cars, it's interfering with the AM radios, interfering with the electric cars. So the government's like, well, okay, if you know, the, I don't know if they were gonna, they're not.
1: It's Tesla, Tesla.
3: Oh, and Tesla has as well. removed
1: it. Yeah, Ford is the big issue.
3: Yeah, they say
1: less than five percent of the of the people who have the cars use AM. AM. And, and 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 it's a it's a big deal. I mean I you're on eight fifty KOA with the Broncos, although they're on FM two. Right? Um
3: no not anymore.
1: Oh they're not? Yeah,
3: they took that away. Oh I didn't yeah, cause know. Yeah, because they used that. to they used to brought, well no, I'm sorry. So ninety four one, they are on the ninety four one um but they used to uh simulcast on the Fox and they stopped doing that this year in an effort to right. help promote the ninety four one. Right. Yeah. So
1: so KOA, my God. Yeah, you can't turn on KOA. That is a place where I would go for like need a tornado alert. I agree. Absolutely. Yes.
3: And that's the thing that's very important. I'm like, you know, you may not listen all the time, but if you needed it and it wasn't there, you're up a creek.
1: Might be a backlash to Rush Limbaugh, the guy we were talking about. You know what I mean? I mean, as <laughs> yeah. a, AM radio has become a vehicle mm-hmm. for the right, and uh, yet it has utility for emergencies and to listen to Bronco games, stuff yes, like that. absolutely, the Rockies, which yeah. can be an
3: emergency. Yes, <laughs>
1: In a good season. Okay, let's get to the good part. Sports. Okay. Yes.
3: Broncos. Let's rank your hierarchy of sports. What are they? Okay, good question. So growing up um, here in this city, the only thing we had for a long time, I mean, we had the Nuggets, yes. um, which were great. I, I watched their birth. But I'm a Broncos diehard. They were hard. always there. Okay. I know, they were always there. Yeah, Broncos, Broncos diehard. Die die hard, I, I um, know it.
1: What's your first memory of the Broncos?
3: Uh, 1977 Orange Crush. I had an Orange Crush t-shirt. Yeah. And then that Super Bowl. How old were you then? Seven. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And my folks, I mean, they would have people over. That'll do it. That had kids. And so the kids would all go in the basement and, you know, we'd play games or whatever, watch the, watch the game. And then the parents would be up and they would just go ape crap every Sunday. And so I just remember those are fun memories for me of just hearing the parents yelling and screaming and... And having those moments with the Broncos where I was like, okay, this is this is cool. Where did you I watch like
1: this. the Super Bowl? Remember the score?
3: Uh, I don't remember the score Dallas, of that 27,
1: one. Dallas 27-10. Yeah, remember 27, who scored 10. for us at the end? Didn't mean anything, but I liked him anyway. I think Norris Weiss, our backup quarterback, ran one in. Oh, he did? Yes. Okay. I think so. But it broke our heart. Dallas crushed us. Oh, yeah. America's team. Mm-hmm. I did not like Tom Landry. No. i was like i was playing basketball at cnc we played at fort lewis the night before a big snowstorm we barely got back to colorado springs oh, wow. to watch that disaster
3: i'm sure i watched it at my house like back then i don't think there was like the huge big parties like i just remember it at my house i was
1: with temkovich a you
3: guy. Really? Yes, oh, funny. we watched
1: that so That's anyway hilarious. the broncos
3: are the love the broncos are the love but for i'm sorry for a girl is that normal Oh, I think it can be. Absolutely. I mean, there's a it, lot of women at those games.
1: I know that, but <laughs> I just think that wouldn't yeah. a higher percentage of little boys like the Broncos than little girls?
3: Um, I don't know. You've that. had
1: a boy and a girl, right? Yeah. Same. Neither one of
3: them like sports. Okay. I think that's because I've done sports their right. whole lives and that's what took me away from them. So neither one of them really ever got into it. They love going to games in the manner that they've become accustomed to, which is a lot of times, you know, with nice seats and in suites. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, you guys don't, most people don't get to do this. So please appreciate, and they do. They're so, they're so good. I mean, I've had to take them a lot to a lot of things and they've just been exposed to everybody I mean because you had to be Peyton, a mom pictures because it had to be a mom uh-huh. so I would and and they and they knew and I'm like they know how to act and I was able to to take him to stuff where I'm like I don't have an option if I'm going to go cover this I got to bring my kid nice and I went and interviewed Patrick Waugh one time he was on the verge of a record and I had to bring Justin Justin was probably oh it couldn't even have been a year because he wasn't walking and Jean Martineau who was their longtime PR guy he said I'll watch him so Jean took Justin watched him, hung out with him, and I did my interview with Patrick Waugh. You've had so
1: many jobs in the media. We're talking about J-Corps, iHeart, KOA, 103.5, KBCO, but what about Nine News? Yeah, And you're a TV uh, personality. How did that all happen?
3: (laughs) Well, so I was at KBPI for a while, and then I was like, you know what? I really want to get back into sports. So I called uh, Don Martin, who was the program director at KOA at the time, and I said, Don, I want to Cover some Rockies games. I'll do it for you for free. And so he's like, girl, that'd be great, you know, but I'm going to actually put you on the on the sports zoo. You're going to be on the afternoons with, uh, with Dave and Scott. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I don't even, okay, well, I'll do that. And I knew, you know, their show and everything. But so he just like literally launched me into that show. What year so it was testing? That would have been in, it was right after Super Bowl 32. So that would have been in 1998. Okay. Yeah. So I'm doing KBPI KOA. Do that for a few years. I was also at that time doing the sidelines for CSU football on radio. So I had some experience before doing Broncos sidelines. I did uh, Colorado State sidelines for a couple of years. So I did 99 and then um, I did 98 and 99. And then um, I always kind of wanted to do TV, but my mom really wanted me to do TV. So that's why I went into radio first, because we, you know, go against what our mothers want as, uh, as little girls sometimes. And then we realized, oh, maybe our moms know what we're ta- what they're talking about. Right. But I loved radio, Craig, because I could wear what I wanted to wear. I didn't have to wear any makeup. I could be this hippie chick and just do whatever. And I'm like, TV, I got to like dress well and put on makeup and do my hair. And I don't know. Wait, I'm- are you a hippie chick? Oh yeah. Yeah. If you Is like, that how you would define yourself growing up? Absolutely. Like Michael even said, he goes, I miss your flannel shirts and baseball caps you used to wear and, and my Birkenstocks. Yeah. I do wear Birkenstocks still, but yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would wear a baseball cap all the time or a lot of flannel shirts. Yeah. Oh, I was really kind of just, I was good just being that. I want to know if that
1: was hippie. I assume part of the hippie stuff was
3: your father's
1: music. The stuff yeah, some play, of it. Right? And just
3: kind of just being the, you know, really super laid back. And mm-hmm. and I love to go hiking and just hang out kind of a thing. So when I got into TV... Um, it was kind of unconventional. I, I I called Adele Arakawa one night and I said, and I knew she was a big KBPI fan. You know, she was a DJ before she worked at night News or before she got into TV. She I a have DJ. had
1: the benefit of interviewing Adele. She oh, is remarkable.
3: Amazing. Yes, I didn't know about her radio background. Yes. Keep going. And so she was a big fan of Willie B, who was our night guy at KBPI. And because Willie had mentioned, she's like, oh, yeah, she called one night and said she listens on her way home or something like that. So I called her one day and just left a voicemail and said, hey, I'm, you know, I do middays at KBPI. I heard you're a fan. I'd love to come shadow you some night. And she was like, call me back. She said, sure, no problem. She's like, I can't talk a lot because I'm working. And I'm like, that's cool. I don't need to have a conversation. I just want to see what you do and what the TV station looks like, you know, compared to a radio station. So I shadowed her one night met Patty Dennis that night who was the uh, the news director at Nine News and not that I don't know that Patty remembers meeting me then but it was just kind of nice to kind of okay here's the lay of the land here's how this goes and then um when I was at KOA I, when I after I had Justin in 2000 um I went to we started voice tracking for all of our FM stuff so we were able to it's kind of smoke and mirrors as far as your FM. We're not really there live, but we can record our tracks. We can, you know.
1: What does that mean? The in-between in talk between
3: Yeah, songs. the talk between sort songs. Sort of like a podcast. Yeah, exactly. Just, but it's 30 seconds instead of an yes. hour. <laughs> yes yeah. you so, you're, you don't have to sit there and listen you don't have to, to the sit the there the whole time exactly right. so we voice track so then i was able to work at koa full-time and then i was in charge of like schedules for the sports department and i was in charge of interns and we had an intern come in who was getting an internship at red rocks community college and i was like "Ooh, i wonder if i could like get an internship somewhere And then see if I could work at 9 News. Because I was in my 30s at that point. You know, I wasn't going back to school. And I was trying to figure out how do I get into TV, right? So I called up Red Rocks. They wouldn't do it. But then I called Arapahoe Community College and their communications department. I said, hey, if I took an internship class, you know, paid you my money for the three credits, could you give me an internship? And they're like, yeah, sure. Just like write a paper at the end and pay the money. So I got an internship through ACC called Patty Dennis, and I said, hey, I want to apply for the internship in the sports department. Here's my internship that I'm doing with ACC. Wow. I was literally just taking, I, was, I wasn't was even taking a class. I just paid him three for three credits, had to do a paper at the end, and she said, sure. So I started interning at the at, at 9 News. So I was working at KPPI, KOA, interning at 9 News, and Mike was like, and we had a one-year-old. No, Mike's like, well, what the hell's going on here? And I'm like, just wait. Okay, it's going to all work out. He's like, Okay. <laughs> So I interned that spring of two thousand one and Carol Maloney was doing the high school preps at that time. The high she was the prep rally reporter. And she said, Listen, I got a job in Washington. I'm leaving at the end of at in June, at the end of the year, school year. I'm gonna teach you everything I know. It's up to you to bring donuts to the crew on the weekends, get your tape together and get my job.
1: I like, oh, I forgot okay. about you being the high school sports yeah. reporter. What so a whole cool like, an okay. important gig, because I bet you have
3: a lot of important. parents on your ass. Very, oh, God, when you say their names wrong, Craig? Yes. Yeah, so so long story short. Or I don't did. say their name at all, or even don't though they <laughs> <at all. laughs>
1: scored the winning <laughs> touchdown. <laughs> don't have time for my kid exactly
3: I know so so I did so you know I I would go in I'd bring the crew donuts I'd they you know bribe them to stay after the morning Uh show and and help me put together a tape Patty was wonderful she would critique me say work on these things work on these things and by the end um you know I put in two or three tapes with her and she's like all right do you want the preps job and I was like yes I do so got that so now I'm at KBPI, KOA, working at 9 News on the weekends, doing the preps. Do that for a year. So really, I mean, I had zero business being in TV, Craig. I'd never done TV. And I got thrown in the weekends doing high school sports, you know, where I don't know half the names, you know, and I'm just flying in on the weekends. This isn't what I'm doing all the time. Somebody else is shooting the video, going to the games. I'm trying to figure out what their names are and what numbers what and this and that. This is way before we had lots of internet and rosters and things like that. So it was really primal. I was like, if you don't get me rosters, I don't know who these people are. So you, you always you had you out. had your
1: energy, your enthusiasm, and yeah. you tried to get everything right. I I'm, did,
3: yes. absolutely, yeah. And then I started I doing the Sonny did. Lubick show after I was there for a year. He so. loved
1: you, oh, and love vice Sonny. versa. Love, love, love Sunny. Is Mike okay with that? And with the Mrs. Sunny Lubick? Lubick? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I what is jo. it about you guys?
2: I mean, oh, me you,
1: you had him on two...
3: Two podcasts. Oh, Sonny. Right? Yeah. Yes. Sonny has two episodes because he talks yes. so much. <laughs> Which is great. Yeah. Love, love, love Sonny. He is uh he's fabulous. And then um Was he when you were the sideline reporter? Yeah. Was he the coach? He is was that the coach. how it started? And so here's what's funny. I was pregnant, my second year of doing sidelines, and I remember we got our Asses handed to us out in, I think it was Reno one time. And so I'm, you know, we, we you get our, you get your bags, you kind of get everything because you got to get on the bus fast because the plane goes back when you're on a road trip. So Sonny, after his team had just lost, he goes, Susie, let me carry your bag. You're pregnant. And I was like, okay, this, this guy, his team just got his butt kicked and he wants to carry the sideline girl's mm-hmm. bag to the bus. Mm-hmm. I'm like, endeared me forever to that man i mean there was it was encompassing that that's sunny lubick right there that's who he was what a sweet story is and still is he's he's amazing yeah
1: and your love for csu and vice versa it's 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 something else absolutely
3: mike has two degrees from there i've got one our son just graduated from there um we love going there we love supporting him and and we have so many so many good relationships and friends and and closeness with that university and the people So, football is it for you. Up at CSU, same thing? Same thing. Yeah. Although, I am now, Craig, going to start helping with uh, the NIL initiative, the Green and Gold Guard, and be the ambassador for Mm. women's basketball, because they don't have an ambassador for women's basketball. Yeah. So, we're going to get creative um, with some fundraising for NIL, for women's basketball, because... They need it. What does that mean? We You're just,
1: in charge of trying to attract with money and promotion top female talent to all CSU sports. I assume uh, that's basketball.
3: I'm not attracting the talent. I'm just getting the money so we can attract the talent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So fun like we're doing a we're gonna do a big thing at our house that's a big fundraiser. Um that the, the Green and Guard collect the green and guard uh the green and gold guard sorry that's the collective for csu so they're in charge of all the money that goes to all the sports so now
1: what's that ever a problem so so let's keep going with your high school sports reporter at okay nine news <laughs> and why and then the sunny
3: lubick show and and what all have you done with nine with nine, so tony zarella gets let go from nine news and then drew slasher goes into the night spot so okay. the morning sports spot is open so i get that after doing prep sports for 3 years i get morning sports at 9 news which i do for 9 more years how many years did you have to get up at what time 9 years what One, time 1:30 a.m. oh my god had to be in at 3 a.m. yeah that's wearing do my, and people like kids oh.
1: call you Mrs. Mommy or <laughs> did they know who
3: you are? Barely. And that's why I left because Mike was in charge of everything. I mean, he did breakfast in the morning. You know, when the kids were little, it was easier because they go to bed at eight. But when they get older and it's still light outside in the summer and they're like, why are we going to bed at eight? And I'm like, because I am. And that and that wasn't fair. I wasn't being as good of a mom as good of a wife. You just sleep deprivation is a thing. And it can oh make God. you a, you know, kind of a monster. What's in a that way. like, though, it's to horrible. get up and
1: be on television having to look pretty that early it's in the morning? Hard. I mean, you're a, you're a pretty woman, but still.
3: Oh, yeah. But you got to get people are like, oh, so you get there and people do your makeup. I'm like, no. I do all that at home and my hair. Nobody's there waiting for us to, to do our stuff. At the local level, nobody does your makeup and hair. You do it all on no, your own. No, nine News, first time I ever put on makeup.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm a sweaty, I'm kind of a swarthy guy, and I was doing OJ coverage. Oh, gosh. And Ed Sardella, who was on there with Adele, he said, you know, some of my powder might work for you, <laughs> We're kind of the same complexion. And I said, I
3: love it." He said, you
1: can buy this here, there. So I
3: started carrying that around. Ed Sardella taught me how to put on makeup at Nine News. That is awesome. I love Ed. Ed spoke at my high school graduation when I graduated from Broomfield High School. So that was also very inspiring to me.
1: I hear he's happily retired in California. I might try to get him on. You Uh, should. I had Mike Landis on, he's still working. Down in Texas.
3: Oh, he is. Public radio.
1: He's having a blast. He's Grandpa. Great guy. Yeah. Back to you. Okay. Nine News, what a family! I mean, it's it's number one, and they just had that big reunion. They did, yeah. They brought a bunch of of us
3: back, and then Gary Shapiro retired. They brought a bunch of us back to help celebrate that, which was nice. And and it's interesting. There there's just something at Nine News, and we grew up watching Nine News. So I watched Mike and Ed and Stormy and Bill Custer and Gary Cruz. I mean, that was like they were on our TV all the time growing up. Yeah, which so it was so to work there again. It was like taking over for steve cooper i'm like i'm getting i'm i'm how am i a part of these iconic things that i grew up loving going wow wouldn't that be cool and then there i am i'm like i'm at freaking nine news i have no i didn't sow my oats and tv somewhere else in a small market i went straight to nine freaking news so so that was really cool and there is some kind of magic dust that goes on there and and it, it's the people it's the passion um, we had a great family. Our morning crew was so close and we're still very tight and, and it's just, we're very supportive of each other and because it is, it's grind. It's hard to get up that early. It's hard to do all that. And and the sports team there is fantastic. I, I love all my sports people there and, and I love that. I still get to see them all when I go to Broncos games and they travel on the plane with us. Cause nine news is the TV uh, media partner with the Broncos and we're the radio partner. So that's a lot of fun, but it became a little too much. And I think Craig, when when the recession hit, I was like, you know what, I'm and I'm kind of a of a of a big commodity as far as like nobody has morning sports anchors in the country. Like there were three of us, mm-hmm. and I'm like, if they're gonna cut somebody. It's going to be me because they don't need me. They can record Drew from the night before, right. which is what they do now, and uh, and have that as their morning sport. So I did as much as I could, and that's why I was always the first one to volunteer to like, hey, I'll go to the Olympics. Hey, I'll go to the, you know, whatever those guys don't want to do. So I tried to make myself valuable enough that they never got rid of me. And so they didn't, but then it became just a little bit too much where I was like, you know, I'm I'm at a place where um I don't, I don't want to go to nights. That's going to be less time with my family. Um, I'm not going to make a whole lot more money, so what do I do? And I want to spend more time with my family. So that's when I got my real estate career. My mom's been in real estate since 1976. She's always wanted me to get my real estate license, and I fought it, fought it, fought it, fought it, and finally one day I was like, you know what, Mom, I, I need to do this. I need to be in control of my career a little bit more, not be at their mercy to where it's affecting me as a mom, me as a wife. And, uh, so I got my license. I still had a year left on my contract and, um, Mark Cornette of the GM and, and Patty Dennis brought me in. And usually at about a year out, they'll say, Hey, you know, here's a new contract. And they didn't have one when I walked in his office and he said, Hey, a uh, little birdie told me you got your real estate license. I said, yeah, I did. And he goes, what are you going to do with that? And I said, uh, I wasn't planning on renewing my contract. <laughs> and they said, okay. And they said, well, um, would you still do contract work for us? Would you still? And I said, yeah, absolutely. Because then I can decide. If I want to, you know, do stuff, and so they kept me on as a as a contract worker for another year after my um my contract ended. I, I covered the USA Pro Challenge, that bike race that we had for about mm-hmm. five years, and nobody else knows bike racing, so they're like, "You have to help us cover the Pro Challenge," and I said, "I, I can do that." But and then I just kind of transitioned out of that, and then the weirdest thing. I was on the, I was in, you know, Trice Jewelers comes out with a magazine every year and they always put different people in there. And whenever they have their magazine that they put out, they do a big party with all the people that were in it. So I was in it one year, went to the Trice party and Pat Connor was there who was the gen, general manager then after Lee left, right. he was the general manager at iHeart. And I saw Pat, because his wife was in the magazine, and I said, hey, I'm not renewing my deal at 9 News, so if you need any fill-in work, you know, I'd love to come back and do some stuff in radio, but I am starting a real estate career, so that's my main focus. And he's like, oh, okay. Literally three days later, he calls me and he said, hey, would you do a show with Dave Logan? And I'm like, wait, no, no. I just I'm starting. I'm still working at Nine News. I'm trying to start my real estate career, and I'm like, I'm not ready to to like do a show. And and he's like, well, so they they worked me for a little while, and they're like, well, what if it was just two hours, like three to five Monday through Friday? I'm like, okay, you know, I could probably. And then Dave's calling me, and he's like, hey, he goes, you got to do this with me. It'd be so much fun if we were back together. This and that. So so I did that. Dave and I did a show. Um, we were on KOA. Then they started. Sp- 760 which was an all sports station uh we did that for a year what year was that then when the broncos went to super bowl 50 yeah so i was still working at 9 news at 48 when we got our butts kicked in new york mm-hmm. um then i started doing stuff with dave then right after 50 was when they started uh, 760 all sports 760 and um so we were you know we went to the super bowl which was amazing i sat up in the booth at Levi stadium and and that was really cool and then, um, and then they kind of flip some things over at KOA because then, I mean, how did how did all of that go? I can't remember how everything went.
1: Was- I, I'm I'm trying to think because I was in that building. You were there and, then and, too. I see you. But no, I was there when Peyton Manning got uh, hired by the Broncos because I was at that oh, press conference. Oh, okay.
3: So that And but,
1: been- but he was Dave was mainly with Scott Hastings.
3: Okay. Because so. I would
1: get a kick out of it. You would have no way of knowing, but there's a men's bathroom on the fourth floor, right?
3: Yes, I know where that and is. so the you go
1: in, and there are two urinals. And as sometimes happens, there's a tall one and one for little boys. <laughs> so being 6'5", I would go You're to the, one the tall ones. ones. But then Scott Hastings would be left with a little picture. And oh I gosh, thought that was cool for funny. a 6'11". Guy. Cause we all had roughly breaks at the same time. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. But That's I never so saw funny. you in that bathroom. No, no, you would not have seen me in that bathroom, <laughs> but I think I came then after you. Right. Yeah. Because that was when Dave and I were doing the show. So, so that was fun. And then when they kind of flip some things more over at KOA, um, You know, they brought in Rick Lewis, who's on Mm -hmm. the morning show to do the afternoons. And then Kathy Lee came in with it. So then I didn't really have a spot. And I was like, ooh, you know, I said, you know, I still want to do stuff. And And my real estate career was getting was starting to really get going. So I was like, I can't I can't be a part of something that's like four hours every day on the air talk show wise. And and then they came back to me and then Tim Hager was the GM at that time. And they said, well, would you come back to FM radio? And be on the Fox middays, and I'm like, oh hell yeah! And and Hager didn't know me from my KBPI days, and he he talked to my program director at the Fox, and he's like, does she know what to do with FM radio? And he's like, yeah, she'll be fine. <laughs> She's done FM radio many for many years. So so I came back to to the Fox to do middays, and it's all the music I played at KBPI twenty years ago. So I'm literally that, playing uh, all the same about, stuff. And do you do that voice tracking? I do. Thing? Yeah, I do it from my house.
1: Holy. Like, awesome. how easy and sweet is that? It is. I do
3: go into the station and, sometimes because of my can,
1: podcast, but it's awesome. Can I just make an observation? One, you have the opposite of your podcast because you won't let anybody cut or trade or I fire know. you or resign. You just move on. I just or
3: go before I'm can, fired. And, and I
1: have to believe you're old enough to have seen the Mary Tyler Moore show. Oh,
3: yes, I am.
1: Because you're a little like her. Little, remember when Mr. Grant says... What was it? You've got spunk, yeah, yeah, or gumption, whatever. And and he said, "I hate spunk, but people like your gumption." Yeah,
3: I, th- I think. And so. like how many it's times
1: you've reached out, kind of feeling, "Hey, before this goes away, that's smart."
3: It's you know, and it's it's a networking thing, and sometimes you don't know you're doing it, but if you don't do it, mm-hmm. I mean, had I not seen Pat that night, I would have never been back at the radio station. I mean, just like these random things that happen. Where and you know Rod Smith is always the one that says you know, oppor- you know you, you get your opportunities when hard work meets, um, preparation right and and you just don't know when those come but then all of a sudden the door opens and you're like whoa but you're ready for it you knew you know you 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 have all the all the things prepared to be able to go to that next opportunity which is important.
1: All right, let's stay on football. Love Rod Smith, undrafted, twice, he's, right out of Missouri Southern.
3: Yeah, Southern Missouri. Yeah, yeah. And as a he's what a what too. a story
1: lives around here.
3: He does. He has like palm that. trees in his backyard. Fake ones. Let me tell you who was the <laughs> toughest
1: guy growing up because my dad loved football. My dad loves sports and he liked gambling on sports. So it was intense. Ooh, and He would have
3: loved the apps of today, huh? I think it would have overwhelmed
1: him. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know if he, his mind would have blown up. And toward the end of his life, God bless him, the internet betting was coming in, but he had kind of calmed down. But for a while, there was no way that he could watch a game on T V without having to bet on it. Oh wow. And so Jimmy Brown, who died yeah. today, uh, on this Friday, God what a football player he is. Mm-hmm. You're too young. But nobody know the legend, but yeah. He was. Yeah. Right. And he preceded Floyd Little at Syracuse, but he just couldn't tackle him. It's kind of hard to believe he's dead. I know. That God could get this guy down. And then did you know what I want to talk to you about is kind of the intersection of sports and politics. And Jim Brown was a civil rights icon. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. And he
1: gave up his career because he wasn't getting paid enough. He's sort of like you, smart, you know. Hey, how long do running backs last? And three point five years. He got in The Dirty Dozen, which was a great movie. Then he got cast into A Hundred Rifles, where he made love on screen to Raquel Walsh controversial in its time, interracial, scene. Oh, hugely controversial. Yes. And he was an ally of uh, Muhammad Ali as he fought the draft board Mm -hmm. and the American government. I'm just wondering about the intersection of politics and sports. Now, you did a show on the other side of the hall. We talked a lot of politics, but then we'd stray into sports. Holy cow, Tim Tebow and all of that, you know. But occasionally, politics has to intrude even on to uh, a rock show or a sports show, Mm -hmm. 9-11. I just think about big events, Columbine, big... I mean, tell me about that and how that works on your side of the hall.
3: It's interesting. And and, and you bring up Columbine. I, I mean, everybody remembers where they were when that happened. But I was on the air at KBPI and we had a little teeny tiny TV screen. And I remember getting a call and that was when I was live in the studio and somebody said, hey, there's been a, a shooting at Columbine High School. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I turned on Nine News and, and just watching that. Aftermath. I mean, everybody was stunned. I mean, at that time, you know, nothing like that had ever happened before. And so I remember doing some breaks saying, you know, here's what I'm seeing on 9 News, you know, because that was way before we had everything in our, the palm of our hands as far as So we were information, we were giving information, I was working. After I got done at three o'clock, I went upstairs to KOA and, you know, we didn't have any zoo. I wasn't on at all. They're like, we're not, you know, we're blowing out the sports show. We're going wall to wall with news. And it was Kathy Walker and Jerry Bell and the whole news team, you know, doing everything as far as that goes. Cheryl Preheim had a huge part in that, both at KOA and also at Nine News. You
1: probably knew Cheryl pretty well. I did too. You know how I knew her? How? She was Dan Kaplis's producer. And I would be as frequent guest, and she, she would call was? me. She yeah.
3: Oh, I didn't know that. When he
1: had a talk radio show on 760 during OJ, another football player. Oh, wow. So of. that was
3: all downtown. I have heard of him. No, no, no. I think- Was that at the tech um,
1: center? You know, I'm not sure where they were, because she'd call me on the phone. When I got over there, it was always here in the tech center, but-
3: yeah, OJ, OJ is- would have been, because we moved to the tech center in 99. So OJ would have been downtown. Okay. Yeah. See
1: I just did it remotely. I'd that's get a funny. call. Yeah, she called. She was his producer. Yes, that's so funny, isn't it?
3: <laughs> so, but but to answer your question, it's kind of interesting. And now everything is so politically charged. Like we we'll stay away from it. Like if something happens. And by the way,
1: can we say Charlotte Preheim became a huge anchor in Atlanta? Oh yeah. After she left Nine News, yeah,
3: and married our sports producer at Nine News, Mark, um, and had they've got four kiddos I want to say that are just absolutely adorable great yeah, yeah. I loved her I, thought I she love was her great. I love her husband Mark yeah they're just they're great 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 people mm-hmm. um but it's one of those things like on the FM side what's interesting is now we become very um sensitive to things sometimes so if something big has happened we will our program director will take out some of the music that is um you know there's Metallica song that starts with machine guns going you know things like that where we'll kind of alter some things we won't talk about it but we will be sensitive to some things that so that are... day
1: when Columbine happens, you can't talk about it on FM.
3: No, no, we did that day. Oh, absolutely. I'm saying, but now. otherwise,
1: you just don't want anything don't. political.
3: No, we just don't go there. And is now. it? Uh, do you
1: have to be more sensitive to it now and think, oh, this song might offend somebody?
3: Oh yeah, if if something is very um top of mind, like it has just happened, we will um we'll take out some things and just give it give us give a couple give some songs a rest for a day or two. What
1: what about when you were doing sports talk every day? Because that's one of the things I loved and, frankly, why I tune in now because I kind of play a game. What would I have talked about today? Yeah. Because I did it for the better part of a decade and I'd like to come up with topics and what would be interesting to talk about. So, John Morant, there's a crossover. He got mm-hmm. caught with a gun in Denver and then he's on Instagram with a gun. But I don't. To me, everybody's making a big deal out of it. I don't like it. But how is it different than Lauren Bober on a Christmas card with her family with AR fifteen? Right. And I'm thinking, is that something you'd say? No, we can't talk about that on Koa because I would bring it up on K. How back in the day something like that would be perfect, that right. double standard. But is that too controversial? Or this year, Nikola
3: Jokic, to me, got robbed out of the third Absolutely. straight
1: MVP because of race. a false
3: claim of race, yes. right? So yeah. can
1: that be talked about? Well,
3: it's interesting you say that, because as I am coming over here today, I'm listening to uh, Derek Wolf and DMACC, um on the fan. And and Derek Wolf, who was not afraid to say anything, um, said specifically, he said, "Well, we know why he didn't get it. It was race." And Dmac goes, "No, no, 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 no. I don't think that's what, you know." And, and so Dmac was pedaling. I could hear the backpedaling a little bit. And, and Derek goes, "No, he's like absolutely 100 percent was race." Kendrick Perkins, absolutely it was charge, Kendrick Perkins. Right. Yeah. And then you know now all the ESPN people are like, "Oh, you know, hey, we were sleeping on him. He, uh, we didn't right. know much about him." I'm like, "Well, you you could have watched a couple of games right. this season and you would have seen everything you needed to see." in one sample. Yes. <laughs> you could have watched one game, and that's what he does every single game. So, yeah. But it, there's
1: Derek Wolf who does have a certain, I don't give a crap. He's, he's, he's a crap. probably very rich and opinionated. and uh, Yeah. But could you do that at KOA, or would you stay away? I don't away? know.
3: And, and, you know, I'm not on KOA as right. much anymore, I, like ever. I'll, f- mm. I'll fill in every once in a while. But me, personally, I don't like to get into the politics part of it. So right. I stay very... Uh, you know, generic and nobody knows my politics and nobody knows how I feel about stuff. And I'm okay with that because I don't want to, I like to be liked. Um, I don't want to polarize people one way or the other, you know, I just want to, and I might live in this fantasy world, Craig, where I'm all about music and sports and I like to make people happy. So to me, I don't, what i think about stuff i don't need to project that upon people will i say you know a couple little things sometimes sure but it's not politically charged it's not you don't know where i'm standing on stuff unless you know no know me and you're sitting in my kitchen and we're having a conversation i just don't do it um on the air that's just not me no because it's smart because you have an audience (laughs) that doesn't
1: you're going to alienate half of them yeah and i don't want to do that what's it got to do with music same thing with real estate
3: yeah Oh, oh, I stay so away. I, I listen. I hear people say things, and I just don't even come. Same thing back. with sports coverage. Yeah.
1: And as a trial lawyer, I want everybody on the jury to like me. And yes. right now, they could look me up and say, whoa, this guy doesn't like Trump.
2: And he's, <laughs>
1: he says this, that. he doesn't like <laughs> AR-15s. And, and, and part of that is I'm just at a certain age where I'm like Derek Wolfe. Yeah, I, you're I don't, no
3: filter. Don't give an s. Right,
1: and I I see things that are more important, but at the same time, I'm not urging you to do anything other than what you are doing because I sort of feel like I've beaten my head against a wall yeah. sometimes, and I I prefer if I give you advice and I am stay stay with what you're doing and it's you're smart. Yeah, the broadcasting industry, you don't put all your eggs in that basket, which is smart. I never have. I've never. Heard. No. had anything but law as my number
3: one job. I love the media. And now what would you call your main job right now? Real estate. I mean, that's, that's where my income comes from for the most part. I mean, I, I do well at the radio station, but my income comes from real estate. I make some money podcasting. I make
1: some money writing for the Colorado Sun, and I devote a lot of time to it because I love it. It's yes. a labor of love. This podcasting thing, isn't it cool? It's fun. I'd like to learn how you're making money at it because I'm not yet. <laughs> Here's how. Because I have a great sponsor, Michael
3: Bailey. Oh, there where you go. I get a lot of
1: customers yeah, for him.
3: I need to do that. I get... Uh, I should sponsor my own podcast.
1: Well, there, there's, there you go. <laughs> I mean, there are lawyers who do that for their radio shows. Yeah. And it works for them. Yeah. And so, yes, I'm not getting super wealthy, but I get to talk to great and interesting individuals like you. And I've learned so much about you. And uh, so has my audience. I'm just wondering how you do it as a trailblazer. You know Kelly Bruff said where you did, and she's a little like you, and she's a biker too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew that about I Kelly. Not. Yeah, she's she's big on biking, mm-hmm. and she's been a trailblazer three times. The first woman to do this, that had the Denver Chamber. Uh, she worked driving a snow plow at DIA, and one other thing that she did. But it's kind of a man's world, the, the sports world, and some of where you've been baited. You were at an age where women going in men's locker room was kind of controversial. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Do you like being a trailblazer? And are you outspoken on women's rights? Or is, hey, it's not women's rights. It's, it's kind of my thing. Or tell me how you That's approach That's a great that. question,
3: Craig. So um, I think I've always kind of taken the approach where I'm like, this is what I wanted to do. And so I will show that I am very good at what I do, as opposed to being like, hey, I'm a woman. Um, I belong here. It's my right to be here. I should get paid as much as you know, I, I don't take that approach, because that's so to me, very standoffish and very um, brass and just that that's not how I do it. So I kind, you know, when I told you, I grew up on a block with a whole bunch of guys. It's all I've done is hung out with guys. I got a little brother. That's just what I, I, hung out with my dad a lot, you know, skiing and music and this and that. And so I am most comfortable, I think, being around men and not that I don't like women. I've got, and I've got some great female friends, especially now older in life, but I think I have connected my whole life, mostly with men. And, um, you know, Dave Logan, he's like, you know, you're one of the best looking men that I know.
2: <laughs> Thanks
3: <laughs> Dave. <laughs> I, and I know what he means by that. He's like, you're basically a dude that, you know, looks good. And and, and I, I think that's a compliment, but, but I'm just, that's where I'm comfortable. And, and I like that. And so my goal is, and I've never felt like I was disrespected, that I was treated like, you know, you're a girl, you don't know anything. So I, I've made it a goal to always, you know, know the most that I can so I can hang with them. I don't want to try and prove that I know more than them because I didn't play football at at that kind of level. I don't know plays off the back of my hand like they do, but I know what I see. I know relationships. I know the questions to ask. I know what's happened. I know stats. I I can figure out Things that and and I think sometimes we overthink things. You you brought up you know the Dan Issel thing and how you would have liked to have heard more about you know a certain time. But I also think about the general you know like my mom listens to the podcast, so she wants to hear the you know the story and, and to go super deep on something would be cool for some people, but it would also alienate others. And so right. I like to be able to go, you know, I can kind of figure out how to entertain the masses. And 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 make people happy, have great relationships. Guys know that I'm not going to throw them under the bus. They know I'm not going to ask softball questions. If something has happened, I'll ask them a question about it. But I'm not going to be a bitch. I'm not going to be you know uh you know I'm coming in here right guns ablazing and I belong in here and put on your pants because I'm coming in you know whatever you know I'm just like I know the ceiling tiles on every locker room in this thing because I guys are walking around naked. I don't care. Don't care. It's it's fine. It's whatever. I'm there to do a job. And if you're, you know, whatever. I, it, oh, wait, it what does that mean? Me. You're
1: looking at the ceiling tiles while they're walking around naked? Yeah,
3: because you know I'm not looking at them. <laughs> and that, and some of the wives, like Lisa McCaffrey, one time, she's like, "So who's got the biggest one?" And I was like, "Lisa, I don't look at them. I just don't. It's not my. That's not my thing. I know every guy wants to think that that's the most important part of your body to us. Guess what? It's not.
1: I've. <laughs> <clears throat> Women are different because yeah. men think that's what they would be like. If oh, they were yeah. in the woman's locker room. Exactly.
3: Right? They'd be looking at boobs and everything uh-huh. else. And that's just, we're not just, I'm like, okay, all right. You know, I'll take a nice set of shoulders, a nice set of abs. You know, I'll take the shin and Sharp thing every day. That's fine. I don't need to look at your junk. No, that that's not why I'm there. Uh-huh. So it, I'll tell you a really funny story. You'll, you'll appreciate this. When I was, I was covering, um, a CU-CSU game, a showdown one time. And I got Mike, um, a lot of times I'll get Mike a press pass or, you know, be able to go with me in the locker room because we've driven together and whatever. And so after the game, and I think we won that time, and uh, I'm interviewing um, our quarterback, and Mike's in the locker room, in the CSU locker room, and he's sitting down just right next to me. And so I'm interviewing the quarterback, you know, blah, blah, blah. We're talking, and we're on camera doing this and that, and we get done, thanks. and, And Mike goes, he goes, did you even realize that humongous dude that was totally naked right behind you? And I was like, No, I had no idea. He goes, I couldn't stop looking at him. And I'm like, That's why you don't do this job. He goes, He was so naked just right behind you. And like, <laughs> everything's all everywhere. Well, and uh, every,
1: that, that's the fun of those locker room shots. Yes. And I did have a press pass. Thank you, Mark Johnson, a good buddy of mine. When oh, I was yeah, working Mark over Johnson. there in iHeart. And I got into the Rockies and the Broncos, too. And if you're
3: not used to it, it's a little weird.
1: I know. So I'm in the (laughs) locker room and Drew Pomerantz had just come up (laughs) and pitched a hell of a game for the Rockies. And the late Les Shapiro and I were in the locker room waiting for him to come out of the shower. And I said, I know some Jewish guys named Pomerantz. (laughs) Do you think this guy's Jewish? And Les, without missing a beat, he said, well, keep your eyes on him when he comes out of the shower. (laughs) Greg. That's I don't awesome. know if that's a circumcision thing, a size thing, whatever. Yeah, that uh, that's funny.
3: But no, you know, turns what, turns
1: Craig... out he's not Jewish, by the way. <laughs> okay, but, <that's laughs> but we did
3: <laughs> tip your waiters. Uh, who, and t- right. uh,
1: before we get back to Dave Logan, because I do want to talk about him. Okay, what an amazing guy. But who who else are your closest friends in the industry, so to speak? Oh, good question.
3: Um, well, so so Dave definitely is. Dave has always been. So very, very good to me and just, I mean, a huge supporter. Um, I remember when I first started at KOA and there was one time and I don't remember what it was that came out. It was the the baseball all-stars or the NHL all-stars and I jacked up every single name and we went off air and he he was like, hey, here's how you say those names. You know, didn't correct Mm -hmm. me on air, Mm -hmm. nothing like that. And so he's always been just, just a a true gentleman to me and a great, great friend, which I I really appreciate. Cause he's such an icon in in this industry. Kyle Dyer is a very good friend of mine from Nine News, and Gary is too. Um, Gary Shapiro. Yeah, yeah, I love Gary. So, and just I, you know, and, and a lot of behind the scenes people, um, you know, Brian Olson, Johnny Kurt, who are our photographers at Nine News, are are, are good with me. I so. got to get up that early.
1: You have to form
3: sort of a bond, right? You do and commiserate yeah. with each other. You do. Yeah, so it's just you know it's it's kind of funny. I, I have my my radio family, my TV family, mm-hmm. and then there's also when you're in radio. I got my FM family and my AM family, but we all we have crossed over quite a bit, especially with Rick Lewis and I both doing Broncos games, and we're both FM people working on the AM side. So, um, so behind- tell
1: us about Dave Logan because to me he's probably been the most sustained, popular person in Colorado. I might have given it to John Elway, but lately I think Dave has surpassed him with another yeah. championship. Uh, John g- kind of going out uh, in a bad way from the Broncos. I advocated back in the day, one, I wanted to beat him in the ratings. So when CU lost their football coach, I was writing for Huffington Post, and I had the top 10 reasons why Dave CU Logan should, be should hire
3: Dave Logan. That's they awesome. should have. Yeah. Am I right? They should have, and I think at that time, Craig, um, I believe that was when he was still at Chatfield, and his daughter was still there as well. And so I think it was a tough thing for him, single dad, raised Cassidy, um, for him to leave that because college coaching is. I mean, you're you're all in all the time. So, you know, what a
1: great coach he must be. Oh, he's I'm amazing. not a football. You know, amazing person. But, a, how,
3: how do you succeed so many places? I know I, it's, it's interesting. I just had um, Brad Pyatt, who will be my next guest on Cut, Traded, Fired, Retired. He's now that coach at A West, which is where Dave started doing his head coaching. And and Brad was a player uh, for Dave when he was there. And so and we talked a lot about it in the podcast, just about Dave's influence in his tree and who and and what it takes to be that kind of a coach. And he's just that that guy that I mean, everybody will run through a wall for him they have great respect for him they'll play their asses off for him but he's also always there for them as a you know what do you need what can i do how can i help and he's not and it's not just for his players he's there for everybody i have filled in for dave on his podcast with julie brownman and julie was saying you know when i got let go from altitude dave had coffee with me every week and said okay have you tried this have you done that have you done wow. that you know and and brad Pyatt was like you know I knew found out later that the reason I got a chance with the Pittsburgh Steelers was because of Bill Cower, who was Dave's roommate when they were, you know, I mean, just he's always helping people and then still figures out how to succeed at every single thing he does, you know, doesn't miss a beat. He had three hours of sleep when we went to London because he played, you know, he had a game with Cherry Creek, flew to London for the Broncos game, three hours of sleep and did a freaking game and didn't miss I a know. beat. Didn't miss a beat. I know. I'm like, I've been here all week and I already screwed up.
1: But he's <laughs> been doing it for decades. Yeah, over thirty years. And and he, he's not only now in the top realm of all time Colorado coaches, he, he has to be ranked probably the best Colorado athlete of all times. Oh, yeah, drafted I mean, in all three sports. He was a little ahead of me in school, and I like to play. I didn't play football like him, but I played baseball and basketball. Yeah. Yeah. And and Oh, my God. Unbelievable. And, and and that that high school basketball team, he had a Weedridge. I remember these things. So it's kind of cool for me to know Dave a little, but you know him a lot, and you vouch for him, and that's really cool. I guess I'm going to have to get him on my podcast. You should. Now what about you? I mean, we're going to trade. I, I've thought of some, like Reggie Rivers. What a great interview Wasn't you had with him, but you didn't touch on his days on talk radio because you don't have the time I know. And uh, so, is it okay if I talk to people about how they got cut, fired, or traded out of the media?
3: Yes, you, you can. Never will. <laughs> oh, I might and at I, some point. I can. All come right. Back. Now
1: you can branch out. <laughs> it's your idea. I'm not going to steal it. I stole so much of your time on a Friday night, and uh, I just fun, really Greg. appreciate.
3: We've been talking about this for a long time. Yes. Yeah.
1: Thanks for doing my podcast, my dog say. They're, they're
3: like, it's, it's time for this woman to go. Yes. It's time for dinner. and,
1: and can I just, <laughs> before I leave, because I want to know about podcasting, do you come up with all your guest ideas? Call them up, line them up. I same do. Same thing. Yeah. And does iHeart put demands on you? No. It's got to be this. Could you do it five hours if you wanted I to? I could do whatever I wanted to and do. And who, does iHeart supply the producer? No, I would be the producer. You cut this out? I do. And what does iHeart do for you? I
3: <laughs> I have a studio <laughs> that I can right. record it in. Yeah, no, uh nothing yet. It's a labor of love right now, Craig. So I'm working on trying to figure out how to monetize it. I think that I mean that's a that's a uh you know,
1: Are you the one who throws it on the Apple podcast, Spotify? Because yes. I have somebody who does that. Yeah, for
3: it's easy. They So so iHeart does give me the platform and okay. then the platform pushes it out to everything right. else. So I do have that. I've got the ability to, they let me talk about it on air. They let me, you know, throw it out on the Facebook pages for the, the stations and whatnot. So I do get that kind of pub, which is nice. Um, The salespeople are supposed to be selling it, but it's not really happening. So I may just have to go do it myself, which is fine. And that's what most people that have a podcast are saying. They're like, just go sell it yourself. Absolutely. But you've got the the Rolodex
1: and you've got the reputation. People trust you. People can listen. When you push people to your podcast, I tend to push people to Apple because people have iPhones and you can just say it into your phone. I've started saying, hey, just play... Cut, traded, fired, retired, and up. And something comes comes up. Isn't that cool? Isn't that technology amazing? I have found
3: that it's about split between Apple and iHeart. When I see the downloads, Mm -hmm. um, I can they break it out, and then a little, you know, then the next, the third one is Spotify, and then it kind of, I mean, there's so many platforms out there, but it's Apple and and iHeart that are about half and half. Nice. You know why I I like Spotify? You can play people at
1: three times speed. (laughs) I like Listen to do it. At three times Yes, speed? that'll really oh, train gone. your brain, right? <laughs> if you have to go over an old interview, say I interview you five years from now, that's what so funny. did she say it like back chipmunks. in 2023? <laughs> and then when you slow it down to 1.5, it's right. easy to understand yeah. at that oh, point. So you funny. just have to train your brain. My last question, artificial okay. intelligence. Oh my gosh. Is it going to take over everything? Have you thought about it with sports, for example? I have not
3: thought about it with sports. I've thought about it with real estate only because the biggest problem I have sometimes is coming up with descriptions for Mm. the public remarks in the MLS. And if you throw in a few things, AI can just come up with a, I did, my brother did it the other day. I was like, man, I've got brain lock on this thing. And he's like, you know, I had one sentence and he put it in and it came back and I'm like, oh my gosh, this almost nailed the whole listing. Like I would have just had to have changed a few things on it. So that is where it is going in real estate. And Back then, to
1: sports. Think yeah, about it though. I know. Like a lot of those bad calls last night and then they say, no, we need New York to look at it or Secaucus. Yeah. Well, how about AI looks at it I know, and see that the ball went off LeBron or... If you're judging goaltending or not, was Mm -hmm. it coming down? It seems to me AI would be better than some human eye.
3: Well, and they're talking about AI for doing FM shows. Yes. Where you have somebody that sounds like a human but is not. Somebody told me about a
1: great movie. My troubadour, Dave Gunder, is my sidekick. And I just, for laughs, I said, do you know how that movie was made? He said, no. I said it was made by AI. And he said it was it's like, I could see him calculating. Does that mean I enjoyed the movie less? Right. I mean, if we could make a movie that's better, what I worry about is if they start implanting things in people's brains. Oh, yeah, that's a problem. Then anybody could maybe have a brain like Nikola Jokic or LeBron James or Peyton Manning. And we all and become sp- the same. Right, and then sports or technology. And I don't I know where it's going. Happen. And I, I, hope, I hope we all keep our jobs. But Me this too. podcasting <laughs> with you... Fantastic, Susie Warren. super you. fun. Thank you so much. See you around campus. Absolutely. Michael Bailey, a friend, a lawyer, a sponsor. Tell everybody how you bring peace of mind to their
0: life. So by setting up your estate plan, you know what's going to happen to your stuff when you die. You know where it's going to go, you know who's going to get it. We've got everything in place, so we're not running to a court to try to get guardianship and conservatorship as quickly as possible. But then it's an orderly proceeding of things. So, you know, there's already enough chaos with the medical emergency, but the legal part of it and who can make decisions is all outlined. It's all set up. So there's, it's like the the smooth transition of power.
1: That's cool because you can avoid so many problems by having a medical power of attorney and discussing it with a smart guy like Michael Bailey, because who should have? There are so many things in life that you can fill out a form and save yourself money, save yourself heartache. Some people die out of nowhere quickly, but more often you get sick, you have medical difficulties, so it all goes together. But your system works, it works beautifully what is the best way to contact you these days
0: best way uh, you can give me a call my phone number is 720-394-6887 and again that's 720-394-6887 or you can go online to michaeldailylawllc.com and there is a an appointment page on my website that you can use so either way is fine
1: thanks michael war on drugs has never been more serious there are killer substances out there including fentanyl if god forbid you know somebody or a loved one of yours has been affected by fentanyl perhaps my law firm could help sometimes there's justice in the criminal court system other times civil justice my number 303-734-7156 303-734-7156. Ask for Craig. Craig Silverman, a voice for victims. Okay, we are calling Dave Gunders.
2: You've reached Dave Gunders
1: with Lookout Renovation. Please leave your name and number. I will call you back as soon as I can. Thank you. Oh, troubadour. I have picked out songs for Sarah's special day. Okay, they come from her father. And I think she will love them all. First, it's going to be Light of the Morning. It's a beautiful song about the dawning of a new... Life, which is what a marriage more or less is. I believe the word flurry occurs, which is apropos of the Jamal Murray flurry that took down the Lakers in game two. While you were at your beautiful daughter, Sarah's wedding, destination wedding out of the country, the next song I chose. Written by you, our troubadour, Dave Gunders, Father of the Bride. Whatever the future holds. Need I Say More? What an apropos song for a wedding weekend. And then finally, Alexa's Lullaby, which comes off one of your oldest albums, and I believe that's Sarah's singing background. Mazel tov, troubadour, to you and... Sarah Gunders Here are all three songs in a row
2: Just sent an angel she walks beside me, she's here to guide me, when I lose my way. You may not believe it's true, but I would not deceive you. I hear her voice, and every word she says. look bright here in the sunset I tell you what she brings now even as she sings now she's beautiful you bet so when the darkness comes don't give in don't give in there's a When I'm walking My head's so busy talking My eyes wide open I don't see the sky When all of my worries Go round in a flurry And I get nowhere She comes to teach me Only when she reach me Man, do I understand Born of the earth here Nothing that I need fear To make it through again So if your spirit is Lord i forward with faith and to learn from whatever the future may bring Oh Lord please help us to move forward with faith and to learn from whatever the future may again Oh Lord please help us to move forward with faith and to learn from whatever the future may bring If we must face failures let there be successes too Every day be it sun or be it rain Help us learn gratitude forward
1: is a great sponsor of my show, but more than that, he's my lawyer, my end-of-life planning lawyer, and I've got two dogs. What about you?
0: I have two dogs right now as well.
1: And not only do you love your dogs at home with your kids and your wife, but you get involved with dog issues in your law practice. Tell everybody about that.
0: So I will write pet trusts, which is, you can earmark, money to take care of your pets um, you know a lot of people you know they've got their dogs and you know, they love their dogs but then if somebody were to you know if you're if you were to pass away you know, who's gonna take your dogs who would who would love your dogs as much as you do I don't know that anybody would love your dogs as much as you do but like I grew up with dogs and so if I were to pass away then my parents or my siblings could take the dogs so when you set up a pet trust you can dictate who's going to get those dogs and then who you can leave money to take care of the dogs as well.
1: I like working with you and I think you are ahead of your time. You have 15 different locations. How cool is that?
0: It's, it is nice to be able to go to all the different locations and you know meet people where it's comfortable and more convenient for them.
1: And nobody wants to drive from one part of Metro Denver to the other to meet with a lawyer. You will come to them?
0: Yep. And I'll deal with traffic so you don't have to.
1: Tell us how people can get in touch with you.
0: My direct phone number is 720-394-6887. Or they can go to my website, which is mobileestateplanning.com. And again, that's mobileestateplanning.com. And there's even a schedule, you know, there's a book an appointment link on, this, on the website.
1: All right, Michael Bailey, thank you. okay, here's the thing, you've been hurt. Maybe, God forbid, someone's been killed. You don't know what to do. If it happened in Colorado, please get a hold of me. Check out my website, craigscoloradolaw.com. craigscoloradolaw.com because I have four decades of experience. Sadly, I've helped a lot of people who have been hurt terribly through no fault of their own. 303-734-7156. Please call Craig, Craig Silverman, a voice for victims. 303-734-7156. Mazel tov again to Sarah Gunders and to Dave Gunders, Lisa Gunders, Rachel Gunders, the whole Gunders family. We love you. You are still part of our show, even though you missed this week. Susie Wardgen made it happen, got to know her even better, like her even more. I hope you did, too. Thanks for listening. Tell a pal. I'd like you to tell them to listen on Apple, if possible, or Spotify. Five stars. Please subscribe. Thank you. Have a great week.
0: Thank you for listening. Tune in live every Saturday morning, 9 to noon, Mountain Time. Visit thecraigsilvermanshow.com for the podcast, blog, and more. Be sure to subscribe on all major podcasting platforms to be updated when new episodes are available. This has been The Craig Silverman Show.